Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Gems Podcast, where we feature the best short stories that you've never heard. I'm your host, Kathy McCarthy, and today I'd like to present a short story called Cold Places, which was written by C. Mac Lewis, which is me. C is for Kathy, Mac is for McCarthy, and Lewis is my beautiful husband's last name. Without further ado, let's travel to Cold Places. Cold Places by C. Mac Lewis Are you sure you want sex, she said, knowing the question was stupid. That's what I'm paying for, he said, leaning in and plucking nervously at her hosiery that held fast to her thigh. She slapped his hand away and said in an unconvincing voice, You know I love it, baby, but I'm so cold. Maine, he said, as if that explained everything. She sighed and reached down and placed her hand over his, stopping his hand from creeping up her leg. Have you ever seen the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers? The 78 version, not the 50s or the Nicole one. The real one with Donald Sutherland. No, he said, tiptoeing his finger up her leg until he reached the slap-away zone for good girls, not hookers. But, to his surprise, she did slap his hand away. I'm paying, he said petulantly. I'm going to be somebody, you know, she said tiredly, thinking of the fact that she was three months pregnant with the baby of one of her clients. God, she hoped it wasn't that creep who wanted to trim her toenails with his teeth. Okay, he said softly, almost sympathetically, as he tugged gently at the hem of her miniskirt. You got somebody who loves you, she said in a bored voice. He jumped a little, like something stung him, and decided it was easier to answer her previous question. I've seen the movie, the old one, black and white. I'm pregnant, she said glumly. His hands stopped, and he stared at her. "'I don't want it,' she said. "'Not mine, right?' he said, hesitantly. She looked at him and smiled sadly, shaking her head. He smiled, unable to hide his relief. "'Probably shooting blanks since my ex killed my animal spirit.' "'Huh?' she said, confused. "'My animal spirit,' he said, his voice serious." She killed it dead when there was a knock on the door, and they both froze, their eyes meeting each other, pupils dilated with fear. They lay still, not moving, his finger resting on the hem of her skirt and her hand tense on her slightly rounded belly. For an eternity, they simply remained still. There was another knock, then gone, followed by footsteps. Who was that? he whispered, unable to keep the anxiety from his voice. She shrugged and said, It's too cold. Can we just cuddle? he said, scoffingly. Yeah, she said, her voice low. He remained still, not moving. The last time he had gotten in bed with a woman and not gotten right into the deal, what he paid for, well, he didn't want to think about it. What was her name? she said, as if divining his thoughts. He hesitated, then said, She didn't like the cold either. No one likes the cold, she said resignedly. I moved to Texas for a year, he said. Thought it'd be easier to talk a woman out of her clothes living somewhere warm. But that's not how it works. Where in Texas, she said. It was the same as anywhere else, he said. Every place I ever been is the same. Post office, grocery store, and same old new job. The only three things that matter, 
but don't matter. I thought you were in finance, she said. He remained silent, not wanting to talk about it. He'd returned the money, but it didn't matter. The investigation had turned up everything and left him emptier than when he'd first arrived in New York and started selling stocks. It's so cold, she said, shivering. How about what, he said impatiently, hoping that she wouldn't ask him for more money. Can we talk until it gets warmer in here, she said, hopefully. He held his tongue and slowed the movement of his persistently moving hands, then said, How old are you? Twenty-one, she lied. You go to school, he said, vaguely curious, only because she reminded him of someone, even though he couldn't quite place who. High school, sure, she said with an apologetic smile, and almost a year of college. What happened, he said, not interested but going through the motions. Perhaps it was something she had drilled into his skull to pretend he was interested when he didn't give a damn. I was an economics major, she said, but they kept talking about widgets, and I didn't understand. A widget, he said confidently. It's make-believe. Pretend. Our teacher said that, she said, shaking her head. But there's no such thing as a widget, so how can they keep talking about it all the time? It didn't make sense. Sex is real, he said, before he could stop himself. You pay money for it, she said. So, yeah, I guess that's as real as anything gets. You studied economics, he said thoughtfully, and you... How come I don't pay you the money? She remained silent, thinking about her manager who handled the cash and who had originally been her boyfriend. Cold cash, she said, more to herself than him, shivering and wishing she was back at community college, confused with widgets and worrying about her newly acquired student loans. Everything had happened so fast, and she had slid into this new life like a knife going through warm butter, and now, here she was, freezing her keister off in sub-zero mane. His hand was creeping up under her skirt and toward her underwear. What was her name? she said, resigning herself to the inevitability of the whole thing, and she consoled herself with the thought that she would get back to her bed in time for Gray's anatomy. His hand halted, and, as if feeling her hesitation, he said, I paid for this. It's so cold, she said, looking up at him with wide eyes that were as calculated as new mathematics. He stared at her, unsure. You don't mind, do you? she said with a soft smile. His hand stopped, and he inadvertently thought about her and the smell of her soft violet perfume and her annoying giggle and the way she would belly laugh at his jokes like no one else had done before or since. She thought I was funny. What's small and black and sits on a piano bench? He said suddenly. Hmm? She said sleepily, cuddling into him. What is small and black? She laughed as if she'd heard the punchline moving into him cozily. You didn't hear the punchline, he said resentfully, realizing that she was falling asleep and wondering if it would mean he had to pay for more time. I'm not paying for her to sleep. He nudged her, hoping to keep her awake. You didn't hear the punchline, he said, irritable. Beethoven's last movement, 
she whispered into his ear with an annoying giggle that sent his mind reeling back to her. Suddenly he didn't want sex with this strange girl who smelled like soap and cinnamon, and he didn't want to go back out onto the roads covered in black ice and rock salt, and he didn't care if he emptied the entire contents of his paltry bank account into her cheap pleather purse. He just wanted to stay in bed and be warm. Before he could think better of it, he pulled the girl close to him, and feeling his heart swell and contract with painful emotions, he tried to say what he wanted to say, and was surprised to hear himself say, It's cold out there. You bet your sweet ass it is, she said softly, as if speaking to herself. He stopped moving his hand on her leg and rested it lightly on her hip, listening to her breathing deepen into sleep. There was no window in the room, but if there had been, he could just imagine that flurried snowflakes would have started falling down from the black skies and clinging to the glass pane, like the little bastard desperados that they were. He shivered and pulled the girl closer, wrapping his arms around her, warming them both. I hope you enjoyed Cold Places, which was written by me. This short story was inspired by a film entitled Blow the Man Down, which is set in a remote fishing village on Maine's rocky coast. The girl in this story was one of the unseen girls in the movie, as imagined by me. If you enjoyed this story, you can listen to more of my short stories on previous episodes of this podcast. More specifically, the stories are Lair, The Fix, and Pig Eye Poem. Or you can find my books on Audible. Just look up C. Mac Lewis. As always, I'd like to thank the ever-stellar John Bell, who is also the writer, producer, and actor on his award-winning podcast, Bells in the Bat Free, which can be found on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to the Hidden Gems podcast, and we would love it if you would rate, recommend, and share our podcast with other lovers of short fiction. If you're a writer, we'd love it if you would submit your own short story at our website. Just go to www.thehiddengemspodcast.com for an opportunity to be featured. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep writing, keep listening, and keep dreaming. Keep dreaming.